Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Good morning, good morning, good morning. What a baller's game last night. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, J. Williams, Keyshawn Johnson, and Dan Graziano in for Max this morning. What's up, boys? You guys have fun watching that game last night? Yeah, man. That's what it's all about. December football. AFC West. Mm. It's December, right? Yeah. It feels yeah, like December it was, here. Uh, it's December. Uh, does it feel like? Yeah, I guess it feels like December here. It I mean, when it's sixty it's degrees a, out in LA, it feels like June out there. Yeah. It's a little no, it's a little cool early in the morning. It gets it's it, it's perfect weather. I would say middle of the day, right? Twelve one. It's like cool two. It's better, a little warmer. Three gets a little warmer, but it's still in that sixty. Two degrees, so it's it's, when he does it's perfect every time. Yeah. So it's better than the oh, clear skies. Attention. I just yeah. he was talking about LA weather, yeah. so I just say like, it's irrelevant to me. It's until okay. Super Bowl, it's okay week. to zone that out every yeah. once in a while. Right. So it wasn't twenty degrees this morning, Key. That's what you're trying to tell me because that's no, what it was. Yesterday. It was it was not twenty degrees. It was very very nice, Good. so to speak. Good. Happy for you, buddy. All right, let's get into this, guys. <laughs> Keyshawn J. Will Max presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests on the Goodyear Hotline. The Chiefs won in overtime last night, boys, on a touchdown by Travis Kelsey. You heard it on one of six point five. The Wolf. On the way in, their seventh win in a row. Here's Travis Kelsey on the win streak. Every single week, we just we just hack away. Uh, and that's what this team does. Um, we have great leadership, Coach Reed, great leadership and all the coaches to, to just keep going and keep trying to figure out ways, you know, throughout the struggles, throughout whatever happens on the field. You know, you just keep leaning on your brother and uh, keep finding ways to, to get things done. And obviously, uh, that's what you saw today. Yeah, two big touchdowns. And, guys, last night I was sitting there watching the game going in and out. And I thought to myself, is this the first of two games we're going to watch the Chiefs play at SoFi Stadium? <laughs> and the, the question that we have for you guys right off the top is, you taking the Chiefs or the field after watching them win last night, Dan? Keith? Well, I would say I'm, I'm taking the Chiefs. And it's not even about last night. It's, it's just about where they've been over this last several games and their winning streak and the things that they do to get better. I know we have been accustomed to – watching them explode and put up a lot of points over the last several years in big plays and things of that nature. So we got a little spoil. We're now we're sitting back and we're saying to ourselves, okay, this is not the same Chiefs team because early on in the season, Dan and, and Jay, we saw a high volume of turnovers from Patrick Mahomes and company. And now all of a sudden they've regressed from giving the ball to the other team and it's become a little bit better for them on the offensive side, and the defense has gotten better. The New England Patriots are an interesting team because they're coached well. Mm. I, I don't think they can get into a shootout with the Kansas City Chiefs because of the quarterback situation. Quarterback is in a system that works perfect for his skill set, but when he you have to unleash him, will he be ready to battle back and forth with a Patrick Mahomes quarterback type? It's so much about the turnovers. I mean, the, the fact that the Chiefs have the turnovers under control changes the conversation because the Patriots are absolutely living off of turnovers. We don't know. At some point, the Patriots could and likely will have a game where they turn it over more than their opponents, and they're probably going to lose that game. But that hasn't happened since, I think, week five. So with the Chiefs, with the turnovers under control, I think that lays the groundwork for the offense to kind of return to what we're used to it looking like with Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and picking up those big chunk plays. We haven't seen that consistently. Meantime, the defense for the Chiefs has been outstanding. 
Uh, last night they were obviously shorthanded. You know, Chris Jones is yep. probably the most important mm-hmm. player on that, and he wasn't. But over their seven-game winning streak, the defense has largely carried them. And if the offense can get back to being what it was, they are easily the scariest team and would have to be the favorite in the AFC, especially if they end up with that one seed. And right now, obviously, there's an odd number of games. But right now, that's, that's where they sit. When you look at the Chiefs' schedule, guys, it gets a little bit challenging down the stretch. But I guess curiosity for you, Dan, too. Watching the way Patrick Mahomes played last night, one interception but threw for 410 yards, mm-hmm. do you feel like his game is getting to the point where he can take over games again like we saw him do last year and a year, year prior? I think he can. I think the, the critical thing for Mahomes is, you know, A, the turnovers, and B, trust in the protection because for so much of this year it looked like he wasn't sure. That, we know they put together that new offensive line this year after, you know, after what happened in the Super Bowl and for good reason, but – yeah, the tackle play has not been consistently great, and I think as a result, you've seen Mahomes kind of not look like himself. If a quarterback doesn't trust his protection, he's going—he's not going to look like his normal self, and that's what Mahomes. So if he has begun to trust that, and it seems to think—at least talking to Chiefs people last week, I had their game uh, last week—it sounds like they believe the left tackle. Uh, Orlando Brown has played better over the last month or so, and if that's the case, if that continues, I think you can see th- there's probably no limit on what the Chiefs can do offensively. You know, it, it, it's it's mind-boggling, though, and it's not about what you just said, Dan, but it's it's what you said. It's not about what you said, but it's about what you said because you said his self, right? He's, his, his, and that goes back to what I was saying about feeling like we are not getting – what we saw in the past with Patrick Mahomes when, in fact, here's a guy who threw for 400 yards again last yeah. night and three touchdowns. So we are getting that, but it's being done different than it was his first couple of years as he burst onto the scene and became the MVP and the Super Bowl winner where he was getting some big, giant chunk plays from the cheetah and the tight end. <laughs> for instance, like last night, Kelsey catches the pass at the end of the game. He, He's like a snake or an ambulance going through traffic. He's weaving in and wet. Boom, touchdown. We, a year, two years ago, we accredited that to Patrick Mahomes. And Kelsey was doing the same thing two years ago. So it's like we are getting the same things. It just looks different because we're missing one or two kind of like wow factor plays that he would hook up with a Tyreek Hill or he would hook up with a Sammy Watkins, and we would go, wow, oh, my God, did you mm-hmm. see him make that throw? Mm-hmm. Well, the throw that he made yesterday or last night when he was rolling to his left, throwing back to his right, that is Patrick Mahomes. And he was able to do that again last night. But for whatever reason, we didn't glare over that particular throw. And it was yeah. just – it's just – it's fascinating to me how we look at things when we don't get exactly what we think we're supposed to get from a player. But I don't think it's unfair to say that, that his performance week in, week out this year hasn't been consistently that. I mean, I don't think anybody doubts that he still can perform like that. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is for, for large chunks of this year, he hasn't. And in past years, that, that would have been unheard of. Like, he was consistently fantastic week in, week out. And this year, it's been a little more up and down. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that, but I do, I do think it's true. There's nothing wrong with discipline and just giving you your doses of medicine, right? I, I feel like that's what he, that's what he does. Uh, you know, on November 18th, Key, Mahomes was plus 1,600 to win the MVP. He's now plus 1,000 just behind Brady and Rodgers. Is it too late for Mahomes to win this thing? You guys counting no. him out? I don't think he's going to win it, Dan. No what chance? No chance at all, Key? Man, what? I mean, 
Brady is in route. He just they're cleaner, like Dan just said about the herky jerky back. You know, he well, he hasn't been as clean throughout the course of the season. Where for the most part, right, Dan, those guys have been clean for the entire season, except Aaron Rodgers' first game. He wasn't all that great, and I think there was like one or two games early in the season that Brady looked, eh, but he didn't look bad. He just looked, eh, where Patrick Mahomes was turning the ball over at an alarming rate that had all of our antennas up saying, well, you know, did we speak of him too early? It was it, mm-hmm. it's five Super Bowls in two years. Is it too early? <laughs> you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, the other thing, Brady's ahead of him in every category. I mean, literally every category. I mean, pick one, yards, touchdowns, QBR, any of it. Uh, and Brady's remaining schedule is, you know, Saints have a tough defense, but then it's, you know, Panthers, Jets, Panthers. I think Brady has a pretty good opportunity to finish the season yeah. strong. Hasn't missed a game. Like Key said, hasn't really had those dips in production. At this point, it feels like that award is his to lose. Fair. Still for football chatter, though, I love that. Oh, no it doubt. It actually could come down to Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and Tom Brady. Yeah. Like still, just for it. All right, you can be a part of this conversation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter. We're asking simply, Chiefs or the field to win the AFC? Be a part of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call us at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. College football is heating up, and the fans are hyped. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Guys, Dan predicted Urban Meyer would be fired before the end of the season when he joined us earlier this week. I did? Yes, you did. But did he think it would happen that quickly? That's next on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com/morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. That's PrizePicks.com/morning code morning for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Dan Key, I mean that escalated quickly, <laughs> did it not? It's time for some straight talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Dan, you were with us on Tuesday. Was it just Tuesday? It was just Tuesday. And you said this when asked if Urban Meyer would last more than one season with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Check it out. There are four weeks left for something else terrible to happen, and, and it seems like it, at the pace with which terrible stuff surrounds this guy that, that it's almost guaranteed that something will. I don't – if I had if, – if, if Shad Khan were on your show today and we were asking him questions, the first one I think would be, what's the reason to keep him? Two days later. 
and then he was gone. <laughs> it, it, key, I, I can't, you can't make this stuff up. And uh, we were sitting here laughing about that just because you called it for exactly what it was. Dan, did you expect it to happen that quickly, though? Well, no, because I didn't expect there to be a report of him kicking players, you know, two days later. I mean, that, that, that's – but, I mean, you, you heard what I was saying, and, that, I mean, I, I meant it, obviously. Like, you can't predict what the next thing is going to be because there's so much – just sort of crumminess that was surrounding this guy and, and this whole situation. So, like, I, I mean, I think if you said this on a Tuesday, they're playing Sunday, you wouldn't expect a guy to get fired in that interim failing something cataclysmic. But that's what happened. I mean, if, if an accusation comes out that you've kicked a player, I, I mean, <laughs> even if nothing else had happened, how, how do you keep the guy? Uh, I know. It's just, it's just I'm chuckling because it's just so wild. Dan said on Tuesday, yeah. You never know what might come to the surface. And then all of a sudden, hey, by the way, you know he kicked me. And so it's like (laughs) it's one of those deals where he can't get – he couldn't get out of his own way. And I've always said this even about players. You know how players are certainly uh, taken to the woodshed and under fire a lot about some of the behavioral things that they do. He falls into that category because it's one thing after another after another. And so finally – I think the Jacksonville Jaguars just simply had enough of the embarrassment for a coach that they gave a five-year deal to, Dan. Yeah, one thing, one bad thing after another after another with no good things mixed in. Like, that's, a, I mean, like, they were, they're, they're 2-11. So, and 11. So, so, in other words, he's not worth keeping. So, if he, mm-hmm. if right. he did that exactly. sort of stuff and he was, I don't know, you say 2-11 and, and he was 10 and Ten and four, or something like that. Did they be like, "Oh, okay, yeah, we might be able to last with this guy"? Or if, if he'd shown any ability to be a difference maker, right? Yeah. If the generational quarterback prospect was was showing signs of of ascending, yeah, none of that happened. Nothing good happened on or off the field for the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. So he had no. If, if you're going to say, "Hey, why should I keep you?" He, he had no real answer. And Dan, speaking of that generational quarterback, we heard Trevor Lawrence say that the drama needs to stop even before the Josh Lambeau story <laughs> came out, right? About yes. his head coach. How much of that do you think was a factor? Well, I, I, I think a lot. I mean, I think infrastructure and uh, atmosphere are critical to the early development uh, of players, and especially, I think, uh, quarterbacks. And, and when you're in this atmosphere, and you hear Trevor Lawrence talking about this, he's not making this up. He's talking about what it feels like in that building every day. Uh, this is hard enough. I mean, you guys played professional sports. Like, I can't even conceive of doing that at the level that you guys did it, that Trevor Lawrence is trying to do it. It's hard enough. Like, and now, all of a sudden, you're in a situation where there's all this stuff that has nothing to do with the daily effort you're putting in to improve, to, to work on your craft that you have to deal with, that, that, is, that is affecting you, you, you got to get it out. I've told this story before. Go back a few years. Remember when, when the Browns, uh, Hugh Jackson uh, was, was, was uh, fighting with Todd Haley, mm-hmm. right, in Baker Mayfield's rookie year, and, and there was a game in Pittsburgh, and it was all coming to a head. And I remember talking to somebody in the Browns' front office, and they said, look, here's the thing. If it's bad for the quarterback, we're going to get rid of it. And the next day they fired both guys. So, like, that's, that's the, I think it's the approach that Jacksonville has to be taking. And it looks like it's, it's part of – I mean, obviously I think that's got to be part of the calculus on why the guy's gone. Yeah, I agree with you 1,000%. All right, that was straight talk, straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. Speaking of Trevor Lawrence, here he is after Myers was fired on the franchise, moving forward after Urban Myers' disaster. To be honest, it's been hard the last, the last week with everything going on and, you know, just – there's a lot of things being stirred up, I think, by the outside, too, that didn't help. Um, 
made made things a lot worse. But also, just everything that's going on, it's hard to be focused and have all your attention and efforts going towards winning the game when there's so many things going on. So um, I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for the team that we have clarity, a sense of direction, and we can just go be our best moving forward for the next four weeks. And then we'll, you know, we'll, we'll go from there and see what, what the next step is. Key, let's speak about going from there. As you take an assessment about all these coaches that are out there, from Doug Peterson to Byron Leftwich, uh, yesterday we kind of randomly mentioned the name Sean Payton, even though we don't truly realistically think he will take that job leaving New Orleans. Who do you think is the best coach for Trevor Lawrence moving forward? You know, I, it'd be interesting to see if, if they take a look at Byron Leftwich, who is is obviously a stand-up guy. Uh, he's coaching Tom Brady. He's an offense, young offensive coordinator. He's having success at doing that, and I know a lot of people, for whatever weird reasons, try and give the credit to Bruce Arians when, in fact, he is the one who is coaching up Tom Brady. So that's one. Eric Bieniemy is in a sem- similar situation as a terrific offensive coordinator, play caller, who is the guy who's actually calling the plays in conjunction with Andy Reid. And then there's a couple wild card names, right? You, you you start to think about guys like Jim Caldwell, the former head coach of the Indianapolis Colts and Detroit Lions. If he wants to get back in it, and where is he at health-wise to be able to take on such a task? And here's one for you, Dan. Wild card. And, 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 and I think it's a good wild card. If, in fact, Mike Zimmer is relieved of his duties in Minnesota, he would be a microwave reheat for me that I would say that is a good hire because the one thing that he's always done is he's always had a potent offense and an offensive coordinator. Kubiak is there now, but his former offensive coordinator is the Cleveland Browns head coach and Kevin Stefanski. So he kind of, so they he knows what to do from an offensive standpoint. He doesn't get in the way on the offensive side of the ball, and it would be a fresh start for him because I think in Minnesota it could be a little stale. So if he's relieved of his duties in Minnesota, that'll be a guy that I would certainly bring in, take a look at, sit down, have a conversation with. And then, that, then there's several other guys that are out there that have, co- you know, that have coaching experience that want to do it, Dan. Key, if you, if you were Trevor Lawrence, you know, you may mention a Mike Zimmer, guy who can manage the game, has had some great OCs underneath him. But do you want a play caller? And if you, like, what play caller would be the best to help Trevor Lawrence's game transcend to this quote-unquote generational talent so it can actually meet the expectation? Dan knows this. You don't have to have – an offensive play caller as a head coach. You just need a head coach that understands how to put a staff together, Dan. So you, what you're going to want is someone who, who's in charge of shepherding Trevor Lawrence's development, right, at the NFL level. That can be the head coach, right, or, or it can be what Key's talked about. Key talked about a couple different buckets there. The second one, when you mentioned Mike Zimmer, like that, you're talking about bringing in a head coach, an overseer, right, who, who can establish a culture and project and put in place a vision for the organization. That, that, I think first and foremost, that's what you're looking for in a head coach. But if you're going to bring in a guy like that who's, say, Zimmer, whose background is defense, then it becomes imperative that he bring along someone as an offensive coordinator who can shepherd the development of Trevor Lawrence. The other way you can go is to hire that person as your head coach. And is that Byron Leftwich, uh, is that Eric Bieniemy? is that Brian Dayball, you know, uh, th- those kinds of guys. Leftwich, I think, is, is a very good coaching prospect who I think will get his shot at some point. One thing he hasn't really done, unless I'm missing it, 
he hasn't really done the mold the young quarterback. He, he's worked with veterans, right? Like he's had, um, you know, uh, uh, Carson James, Palmer and yeah. um, Tom Brady, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, there was a year with Jameis Winston. It didn't go great. So um, it may be uh, maybe early for that. I don't know. I mean, it may be that the ties to the organization make, make it make sense. And maybe he's a – look, first of all, we always get this wrong, right? Yeah. We, we talk about coaching hires, and, and we're always wrong. He might be great. But I think you have to figure out – everything has to be about the quarterback. You have so much invested in him. But mm. you can't make it about the quarterback. Oh, I think you have There's to. There's 52 other guys on that team that you have to be responsible for. The quarterback is an important piece. But if you go out there and you do the a la Chicago Bear thing yeah. and you go and you hire a guy that people perceive as this great offensive innovator and then all of a sudden – it goes to you know what, you're in the same position as the Chicago Bears. You just need somebody that's truthful, mm-hmm. real, and not like the guy that just left the building. Yeah, I, I kind of can split between you guys. I think it is about the team, somebody truthful, real, but I also think it's about the Dan. It's about the quarterback, Dan. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bot, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We got so much to get into here, guys. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests joining us on the Goodyear Hotline. Dan Graziano in with us for Max with Key and I. All right, Dan. Let's do this. We're going to get into your expertise here. I know you said over the last couple of days it's been crazy, a story that you've been covering. The NFL has new (laughs) – exactly, two years we've all been covering this. But the NFL has new COVID-19 policies so players can potentially return from the list sooner. What more can you tell us about this? Well, so a lot of players have been upset because, you know, they're testing positive, but they aren't sick, right? They feel fine. Uh, they're asymptomatic. Know, they're right? asymptomatic, and, you know, they still have to stay out till they produce two negative tests. So the, the question becomes 85 guys testing positive Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday this week. Like, why can't, why can't we be on the field if we're okay? If everyone's testing positive, and again, that's an exaggeration, but if everyone's testing positive, then why can't we play? And so the, the protocols are amended now. A lot happened yesterday. First of all, they're putting every team in the enhanced <coughs> excuse me, protocols uh, for the rest of this week. So that means 
they can't meet in person. Uh, you can't eat in the cafeteria. All stuff from last year. But also, they've changed the requirements for a player who tests positive. As long as we're talking about vaccinated players only, no change in the rules for unvaccinated. Vaccinated players only. If you are vaccinated, you're not showing symptoms, and you tested positive. It has now become easier for you to quote unquote test back in. Right? They're they're using different kinds of tests and applying different standards. And the key thing for people to understand is what they've changed. It's not a binary. Are you positive? Are you negative? It's how contagious are you? So without getting too deep into it, uh, there's, it's something called a cycle threshold uh, that measures how much of the virus is is in your system. And if it's at a certain level, then you can be cleared to return because the determination will have been made that you're not likely to spread it to others. Wow. I mean, Key, any thoughts on that? Well, I'm just trying to process everything that Dan said because, in, in all honesty, he said a lot in a short period of time. Um, you know, it, it, this this thing really boils down, in the end, getting the players back on the field because, much like Baker Mayfield and other players think this is about the money in losing games, okay? So as you fast forward and getting ready to get into playoff territory in the month of January, you can only imagine if a team has a number of top-notch players and their coach sitting on the sidelines in an AFC, NFC championship game, Super Bowl week all of a sudden happens, and then we are sitting here in Los Angeles and saying to ourselves, well, they lost their head coach, they lost their coordinators, their quarterbacks are gone. They're Like, they can't do what the Denver Broncos did championship week right. or doing mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. It would be a disaster. The- these are already playoff games for some teams, right? The yes. Browns are sitting in a situation where their head coach tested positive, their top two quarterbacks. You're looking at somewhere in the neighborhood of 11, 12, 13 starters uh, on the COVID list, and they have a game tomorrow. So under the new protocols, there are some of these guys that have tested positive could, could be cleared today. That's a possibility. I don't know how likely it is because the protocols are literally – 18 hours old and haven't really been tested or exercised at this point. So we'll find out if it helps teams this week. But right now, the Browns need to win this week. Washington needs to win this week. Mm. The Rams could stand to win this week. You know, these are all teams that are very, very, very shorthanded, along with um, Chicago at this point, four teams that could have a real hard time getting to a 53-man active roster for their games. Dan, you may mention of Baker Mayfield. Here's what Baker tweeted yesterday at NFL. Make up your damn mind on protocols. (laughs) Showing up and making only three teams test all so you can keep the game as scheduled to make money. (laughs) You know, look, we're all going to have to find a way to kind of forge through, especially when there's big business, Dan. But I'm just curious, and and Key, I'll come to you first. Where are you on Baker's, like, Baker's status? He tested positive on Wednesday. Like, what do you – what do you think, Dan? I'm sorry, I'm coming to you. What do you think the chances of Baker being able to play tomorrow? Yeah, impossible to impossible. predict. I mean, again, te- technically, uh, he could if he passes the, the the right kind. And again, I could get into the details, but it, it's all something that can be looked up. It's on our story on ESPN.com. Uh, you know, you can you can find out exactly what he would have to do in terms of which tests and how they would have to come back. He, you could take both of them today. That's a new part of it, right? You don't have to wait 24 hours in between. So we'll see. Uh, but if he's asymptomatic and if he's vaccinated, yes, there's a possibility that he or anybody else on the list could test back in today. They'd have to be activated by 4 p.m. Eastern time today to be eligible to play in tomorrow's game. 
Um, but what hap- what he's tweeting about, Jay, is something weird happened at their practice, right? So they were told, for whatever reason, before practice, that they weren't going to have to test vaccinated players and personnel yesterday in Cleveland. That was inaccurate because when the protocols came out, the amended protocols came out at 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon – it, it, it was very clear that any team that was already in the enhanced protocols, as the Browns were because of positive mm-hmm. tests this week, still had to test daily. So what happened is now they show up and test them after practice because they weren't tested before practice because they didn't think they had to. So they got information either from the league or from the team that they weren't going to have to test. That information was inaccurate, so they ended up having to test after. That's why he's annoyed. Now you got more positive tests. you got players that were practicing that if they had tested positive before practice probably wouldn't have been cleared to practice. So it's a mess. Something happened in Cleveland where, where, the, uh, where, where things got screwed up, where they were told they wouldn't have to test even when that was not then the case. How does that even happen when the fact yeah. that you're seeing so many players across all sports, right? Mm-hmm. We're seeing NHL, postponing games, NBA postponing games with so many players that are actually, you know, they're vaccinated, but yet they are still catching COVID. Well, I think what we're learning, and again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a virologist. Nobody here is, by the way. I think what we're learning (laughs) is that, yes, you can catch and spread it even if you're vaccinated. Now, the point that the league and, and doctors all over the world are trying to make is the vaccine makes you less likely to catch it, makes you less likely to spread it, but it doesn't reduce the chances to zero. So what does the league do about that with these protocols? The, the 2021 protocols were put in place at a time in July and August when the Delta variant was surging, and we really didn't know where that was going to go, right? So they're amended now to account for the reality of the situation, which is a lot of positive tests, some of which may actually be harmless in the big picture, right? Like yeah. if, you're, if you test positive but you're, you're not contagious, but you're not contagious then, then so, so they're allowing for that possibility. Again, the science obviously still evolving, uh, as everyone you know, who thinks about this rationally should understand, and the league trying to keep up with it and also keep their business going. Are we close to postponing any Week 15 games? Do you see that as a reality anywhere? I'll say this. The NFL Players Association has pushed for the postponement of the Browns game tomorrow, uh, even just a couple of days, right? Even move it back to Monday or Tuesday like they did with so many games last year. Uh, the Rams game on Sunday is one that they're watching closely and talking about. Seattle had some new positives yesterday. We don't know what that's going to bring today. The league has resisted postponing games. Earlier, before the season started, they said it would be much more difficult to move games this year because there are fans in the stands. And last mm-hmm. year, in large part, there were not. So uh, they've resisted. To this point, uh, it does not sound like the league is going to move the game. Obviously, things move very quickly. Yes, of course, things could change today. But at this time, the NFL is not interested in moving any games. So, Dan, Dan, I, I, Dan real quick, you, I want to ask you, because you, you said that the fans are in the stands. It would be difficult to move the game. I don't, I don't understand why they would think that. All you got to do, uh, is it because they're going to lose a little bit of money because yeah, people won't be able to show tickets. up? <laughs> right. So, I mean, I mean, yeah, look, and it's, it's, it's that, and it's, and it's, you know, fans, if you're a fan that bought a ticket to a Saturday Browns game and it's your one game that you saved up for all year and now they've moved it to Tuesday and you can't make that game, that's frustrating. They can have unsatisfied customers. That's part of it, right? This is a business that they're trying to run. So, uh, yes, I, I, look, to the extent to which – Having fans in the stands makes it difficult to move games. I'm not here to argue that pro or con. I'm telling you that's one of the reasons the league gave 
preseason yeah. on why they wouldn't want to do it this year. If that's the one they're citing right now in conversations with the Players Association or if there's others, I can't be certain. And look, I mean, Baker's tweet wasn't wrong. I mean, it, it is about the money. It's about the money in a, in a lot of different things, especially when you talk about ticket sales and how much that you know, generates revenue-wise for the bottom line for a lot of owners. Key, I, I did want to ask you, though, so no Baker Mayfield, no Kevin Stefanski, no Case Keenum. I don't know what the line is now, but the line originally <laughs> was six and a half for Cleveland. Different. It dropped down to, I think it was like one and a half for the Raiders, which essentially is a pick em game. Like, can the Browns still have a chance to win this game? You know, when you're missing your top two quarterbacks and your head coach and a couple other players, when you get down to the third quarterback, it's very, very difficult to compete in a game. There's no question about it. The guy's number three for a reason. I mean, it's just that's the reality of it. The Raiders are a they're not doing great. Yeah, they're a, 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 a Jekyll and Hyde team, but they're not god awful. Like they're not. They can win a game, no question about it. We've seen them go and beat the Cowboys. We've seen them lose to the Giants. Like we've seen certain things happen. So. I think that it would be tough for me to say that Cleveland can go and beat the Raiders when the Raiders have a full arsenal of players and a healthy coaching staff. It's just yeah. – I don't see that happening. That, that You know what the Raiders are right now? They're a team that has no players on the COVID-19 reserve list. And if you're a team like that right now, you are at an advantage. But yes. wait, it's so cute. But, you know, we, we say that, and they should be at an advantage. But yet, when you look at the new line, it's only – what, they're a three-and-a-half-point favorite now. I mean, I can't. Three and a half point favorite, Key. So it's not like they're betting. I mean, if you watch yeah, the Raiders, really I'm not really looking at it. I know, but I'm not going to run out and put money though. on them. I know, no, I, but it's not like they're a dominant with all the with all the players out for the Browns. It's not yeah. like Vegas is even looking at them saying, "All right, this is a certified win." Mm-hmm. They're still saying it's somewhat close. It's yeah, like, but I can't. I, I can't pay attention to Vegas. I got to do it with my eyes yeah. as a football, yeah, so called fake expert. That's what I got. That's what I got to do. Opposed to listening to Vegas in the money line and this player's yeah. out and that player moves. And I can't do that. It's not like the Jaguars who, who the line goes up because they fired their coach. Which is crazy <laughs> yeah. to me. I don't even understand that. <laughs> so, <laughs> what Vegas thinks of that guy. How soon before some of these players are able to even get back, Dan? Like for Baker yeah. Mayfield, obviously. Like what, what timeline are we looking at? Again, the, the new rules would technically allow that to happen today. If, even if you've tested positive, yes. Like, let's say Case Keenum. And again, hypothetical. We have not seen these new protocols in practice, so we don't know realistically what's going to happen. But according to the letter of them, Case Keenum tested positive yesterday. He has the ability to take multiple tests today. And if they return certain results... He could be cleared to play tomorrow. That's, that's what people need to understand about these new rules. Will it happen that way? We have to find out. But it, it, theoretically, yes, it could. I mean, it just seems – I'm confused just listening to it, Keith. It's, it's, it's tough. It's, it's yeah, a lot. I, you see, I let Dan cook for about <laughs> seven minutes there. I'm, I, when Dan says, hey, he's cleared to play, then I'll talk. Other than that, I don't know – I don't even know what to think because these things – continue to change as they evolve mm-hmm. every hour, every day. I mean, by the time we get off the air, something else may break, and Dan has to break it on Get Up or, or, or Just In or one mm-hmm. of those other shows Several that he's on. other shows I'm doing today, yes. <laughs> We're all working a lot of shows. All right, let's go from one <laughs> AFC North team dealing with COVID issues to one dealing with an injury to their quarterback. Big game, Dan and Key, between the Ravens and the Packers. Obviously, Lamar dealing with an ankle injury, and Aaron Rodgers dealing with his toe. Um Pinky toe, excuse yeah. me. Let me specify which toe. Yeah. What, what do you guys make of this, this game? Key, I'll start with you. 
Well, injuries are always important. Dan and Jay, you know that Aaron Rodgers has been, since he was diagnosed with a toe injury and he announced to the world that his toe was messed up based based on us seeing it in photos and things of that nature, he hasn't missed a beat, okay? Aaron Rodgers is right there with Tom Brady as an MVP candidate pushing Tom Brady. Then on the flip side of things, Lamar Jackson. Lamar's best asset right now in the National Football League is his legs, although he is a fire thrower. He can throw the football down the field, but he still is so dangerous running around and doing what he does. I don't know where the ankle is right now, if he's capable of playing, although I, I do believe that he did not practice yesterday at all, which doesn't really mean a whole lot because at this time of year, it's all about mental. It's not about physical on the field. So as long as he has the mental uh, fortitude and capacity to be able to gather the information for the game plan and retain that information – and then take it to the field if he's physically able to play, I think that he'll be okay. I still think they're undermanned against the Green Bay Packers because it's just not about Lamar in this situation. It's about the running game and the running backs. It's about the receivers. It's about the defensive backfield that they've been depleted with. So it's going to be tough for them to beat Green Bay. I mean, they'll have a chance, but Green Bay looks like the favorite in this game to me. Yeah, I think it's two different situations. Uh, Baltimore, as you mentioned, undermanned. Anyway, has been since training camp. Lamar Jackson never missed a game due to injury. He has missed games due to illness, but not injury. But he was carted off the field and hasn't been on practice field. If he hasn't practiced today, you have to wonder if he's going to be able to answer the bell Sunday. Aaron Rodgers waves his foot at us and says his toe hurts and then goes out there and throws for 350 (laughs) yards and four touchdowns. So I'm not saying I don't believe him, but... uh, I, you know, I, I think he's okay relative to Lamar Jackson. And overall, the Packers uh, roster is is in considerable, considerably better shape than Baltimore's at the moment, even if Lamar can get out there. Yeah, he told us about his he told us about his pinky toe for sure, Dan and Jay. But in all honesty, he may be hurt, but he ain't hurt to the point where yeah. he can't play. We should exactly. all be so hurt. Three hundred plus yards in the last three games. Ten touchdowns total. Yeah, I think he's, uh, he's just absolutely balling seems, out. I mean, it's ridiculous right. what he's doing. Seems seems okay. And he's right there on the heels of Tom Brady for MVP. But Or the toes. Or, or the t- Wow, look at that. Toes. So good. On the toes of Tom Brady. So, AFC North, guys, still got a bad off. Since he lost his past weekend, Cleveland going through their issues. Baltimore's fighting. Pittsburgh there. Like, who do you guys have winning? <laughs> who Who's going to come out of the a- AFC North? This is one of those deals where I go back and forward, right? I say one thing one day, say another the next, wake up the next day, say something else. Then I talk to y'all. Then all of a sudden, Lamar Jackson is playing, but he's not playing because his ankle. Then all of a sudden, the Cleveland Browns don't have any players because they hurt. And then Cincinnati acts like they want to win, but then they lose. So, and then Pittsburgh, the moment we count them out and say, well, you know, they're old. Ben can't play anymore. Mike Tomlin's mad at Claypool. Claypool's making bad decisions. And then all of a sudden, they are at the top of the division. But in the end, I still think in my heart of heart today that the Cincinnati Bengals will prevail and win the division for the first time in a very long time. Mm. I think Cincinnati has the best team, but they're, they're, you mentioned, I mean, they're losing games that, I mean, that, that, that they should win, and that it could cost them in a close division race. They're also having some injury issues, right? I mean, Trey Hendrickson been such a great pass rusher for them. He had to leave the game last week. Sounds like he might be okay, but they're down an offensive lineman now in Riley Reef. They've suffered some injuries uh, on both sides of the ball. And, and, yeah, I still think they're the best team, all things being equal. But they're not, right? And, and they've already lost some games they shouldn't have. I just 
See, there's you a are voice in the back of my head saying, wouldn't but, it be just like the Steelers in the oh, year that we all goodness. counted them out See, and Roethlisberger's done and all that? Wouldn't it be just such a Mike Tomlin thing for them to sneak in and win? Well, I definitely See, feel I like changed, I have all the coaches. Yeah, I'm, I, Key, I'm with you. I, I feel like I have all the coaches in this yeah. division. Like, I trust Mike Tomlin more than anything. But I, I can't get over the fact that just from a sheer talent perspective, I know that – it may be a year too early for us to take Cincy seriously to win a potential Super Bowl or two years. Yeah, maybe. But with, with everything happening in this division, it's theirs. Wouldn't you say it's theirs with the talent they have, Dan? I, li- I mean, you say Tomlin for coach. I mean, I think you can make the case for Burrow being the quarterback you trust most in this division right now because of Lamar's health issues, right? Like, because like, – I mean, I know he's been MVP, obviously, but Burrow, to me – seems to have that thing inside of him that, that he can deliver in a big moment. Now, he's also leading the league in interceptions, which, is, you know, you got to iron that out. But he seems like a winner and, and someone that, that, that might be able to help will his team to it. But then you look and they lost the last two weeks. I have no idea what to make of the AFC North. All I'm saying is that of everything going on in the AFC North, yeah. you're sitting there looking at Cincinnati and Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow, and you're saying if there's a time for you to do it, yeah, right. that time is right now. Mm-hmm. Ravens-Packers is the Week 15 hot ticket. Hot Ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, where you earn rewards with every purchase. Vivid Seats Rewards is your ticket to more tickets. Vivid Seats, life happens live. Okay, guys, the Chiefs beat the Chargers on Thursday night football. But we have one ridiculous stat you must hear. That's next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 8. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.